Montrospective and Thrive Once More are proud to present Self-Tember, a month that's all about self-care awareness and you. Each Tuesday, Montrospective is handing over the mic to some very special guest hosts who have advice, tips, and inspiration to share regarding your self-care. Follow at Montrospective on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and make sure to visit Montrospective.com for feature blogs and self-care resources. Self-Tember is your time to make a positive shift in your self-care. Enjoy. Dr. Ann Morgan of Thrive Once More is dedicated to guiding you towards a life of wellness based on holistic healing for the entire body. It's a multidimensional path to wellness, focusing on your whole self so that your health journey can be as successful as possible. Dr. Ann Morgan's methods are simple and effective, bridging the gap between hormones and wellness counseling. Find out more by visiting thriveoncemore.com. All right. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate the opportunity to host Montrospective um, and really the opportunity to have sponsored Montrospective for Self-Timber. So Self-Timber is a super great topic, um, one that really I practice all year. And I know that my guest today, Dr. Michelle Robin, is also a big preacher of that and practicer of self-care. So that'll be our topic today. I appreciate the opportunity to um, take this challenge um, because it stretches my mind and my skill set a little bit, makes me a little uncomfortable. So that's something I try to teach my patients to do is get out there and do something that challenges you. And this is my challenge this week. And um, so I'm just so thrilled to be here. Um, I'm thrilled to introduce you all, if you haven't heard, and I bet a ton of you have, because Dr. Michelle Robin is like a rock star in Kansas City. Yeah. So she, um, I'm introducing you to her, if you haven't heard um, of her before, but she is a fantastic resource for wellness, Dr. Michelle Robin. So, well, so Dr. Ann, thanks for having me on Introspective. I did listen to your show on it. Yeah, so um, I'm going to highlight just a few things that introduce you a little bit deeper and then we'll jump into some conversation. So um, Dr. Robin has had kind of an illustrious career in Kansas City. She graduated from um, Cleveland Chiropractic College in 1991. So you've been practicing a while now yeah. um, and you wouldn't know it from looking at you. You're just young and vibrant, but um, almost 30 years now, right? Yes. Yeah, so she is a fellow champion of wellness and she partners with her patients to kind of look at all aspects of their health. Her um, practices, is as a chiropractor, but it's so, so much more. Um, we'll hear about her quadrants of well-being, which really illustrates her philosophy. Um, she is the author of seven books that are um, wonderful ways to easily digest guides to wellness. Um, she's a national speaker. Um, she is the founder of a fantastic uh, foundation that I'm so excited to have heard about. Um, big, small changes, big shifts. And so we will get into that in a little bit. And She's an expert podcaster. So she has been hosting a podcast for seven years, um, again, called Small Changes, Big Shifts. And it's a fantastic podcast as, as well. And so Dr. Robin, thank you. Well, Dr. Ann, thanks for having me. And it's fun to, uh, it's been such an honor to be in Kansas City, such a great community from the heartland. I always say that we need, we're going to ripple uh, kindness from the heartland, north and south and east and west, so we can help heal not only people's souls, but their planet, the planet as well. I have heard you say that on, on a podcast episode of yours before, and I love that idea. Yeah, ripple it, ripple it out. So this month, um, or this podcast episode is all about self-care. So I wanted to start off with, um, what does self-care look like for Michelle Robin? Well, gosh, that's a great question. Well, it, it's different for, for me because I don't have any biological children. So for all of you out there that have children, um, I know that my self-care will look different than your self-care. And so I would uh, encourage you to do what you can. Um, and I'm getting better and better at it. Um, I've had to get better and better at it. And, you know, I, I was 40 years old and I was about 15 pounds overweight and I was working sun up to sundown. Um, and I really wasn't walking the talk. And I remember talking to one of my coaches, like many people that are in the health and wellness space or in the entrepreneurial space, we have coaches. And so I had, I had my spiritual leader, Mary Omwake, who actually wrote the forward for my first book, Wellness on Shoestring. And she's, I've got great stories about Reverend Mary. And then um, my chiropractic coach um, at that time was Dr. Lisa Ginberg. Um, Dr. Lisa Zenberg. And what she said, you know, she didn't quite say it this way, but she said, you know, you're a fraud because you're not walking the talk. Mm 
wow. didn't quite say it that way, but that's what I heard. And I believe most people have the, um, they have the, they don't want to be a fraud. They want to matter and they want to walk their talk and they want to be authentic. So that really shook me to the bones because I was working way too much and really not paying attention to my personal health and my personal life, um, kind of being a martyr. And I uh, decided to, to shift that. And so um, I started uh, working out more. I used to, I played college basketball in junior college, junior college, not not division two or division one, but junior college, but it was just a big deal for me. I'm short, um, short and scrappy. But, um, but then I refereed for many years until I got so busy in my chiropractic practice, I couldn't. And so I kind of got out of shape and I was so busy trying to save people that I wasn't saving myself. And so self-care looks like to me that I actually am self-full, not selfish. And so that when I go care for people that they're getting from, they're giving, I'm giving from my overflow, not from the essence of who, you know, my core. And so that's what it looks like to me. So today's a, today we're recording um, this obviously before it's not a live show. And um, today is a day that I get adjusted. I went to the dentist. I'll, I'll get a massage. I worked out. Um, I'm drinking my water. I'll take my vitamins. So self-care looks like to me that I um, invest in my well-being, not only financially, but with my time and with my mind. I love that. I love that. That's such a um, nice summary of what self-care can be. Um, you know, I think one thing I was reading, oh, I was going to introduce um, the audience at least to this book that you provided me and look, it's all dog-eared and I love it. tagged and everything. This is your small changes, big shifts. And I just, it's, it's a small book and it is such a powerful book. I love it. Um, I really actually got a ton out of it. Some of the things we, we speak about are very similar. Like um, when I first um, looked at this, when I first kind of met you, which wasn't that long ago, what, a month ago? I know we become fast friends. That's yeah, yeah. life all of a sudden. It's been wonderful, but I think it's because we're so like-minded. And when I was reading some of this information, I thought this is kind of how I tailored my questions with my patients and my interviews. Um, and so you're really speaking my language with this book, but it's a fantastic book. But you do mention in there, in the, for, in the very, um, in the introduction about your bicycle accident in 2015, mm -hmm. how did self-care get you through that? What happened and, and how did you, how did your philosophy get you through that really tough time, I would imagine? You know, it was tough and, you know, you're a uh, recovering ER doctor. So, so you really understand probably you would have been the type of person I would have seen when I had to go to the hospital via ambulance. First time in my life via ambulance. Um, second time in my life to maybe third time in my life to go hospital. Uh, it'd been about 35 years since I'd been to the hospital though. And, and you will love this first question, Dr. Ann, the, the doctor said to me, um, we're going to give you some uh, morphine. And I said, Oh gosh, I don't, I barely take Advil. Um, can you just give me Tylenol or something? So they said, we can do that. Um, and then he said, when was your last tetanus shot? I said, Ooh, about 40 years ago. Oh, like, really? We're going to give you one. I'm like, do I really need one? So, so yeah, I would not have been your ideal patient because I had, I was, had my wherewithal to negotiate through that. But um, so I was, I, here's, here's why self-care matters because shift is going to happen in your life. Whether it's a divorce, whether it's a, a COVID, whether it's um, a, a Black Lives Matter, whether it's a financial catastrophe, maybe it's a career change, uh, shift is going to happen. I can almost guarantee that for everybody on the planet. And what I was so fortunate because I had just gone through um, kind of right-sizing my life. I right-sized my life in 2013. I had this beautiful house probably 10 years too soon. I should have it now in my 50s, not in my 30s because um, I couldn't enjoy it because I was so busy on the treadmill of life working. But anyhow, I sold that house, kind of right-sized that, um, right-sized my practice where I was no longer employing 30-some um, people. I was more it was more, you know, kind of managing a different type of practice at your wellness connection. Um, so I had done, I cleaned up those areas of my life. I had, was training for a triathlon because also when that coach, Dr. Lisa said to me, you know, you walk the talk, I actually started doing triathlons um, on my 40th, uh, for my 40th birthday-ish. And I've done one ever since until I had my bike accident. And then I, I've done them since then as well. And so um, I was training for that triathlon. So here it was June 29th, 2015. I'd right-sized my life. 
I was in a great space mentally. I had gone in that weekend just listening to my spirit and kind of got everything done because I was going on vacation. And um, I, my greatest role in life is being an aunt. I have 10 nieces, nephews, and five great. And I was taking my youngest nephew on a trip of a lifetime on a sailboat adventure um, in, Can in Canada. And so I had everything ready. I was biking to my office. Long story short, I was biking to my office. And on the last mile, a car pulled out in front of me. And it needs to say I smacked right into them and broke my pelvis in uh, several places and then uh, fractured my acetabulum, which people know that's kind of where the femur attaches, um, thumb and a couple other things. And I remember, and I remember rolling over and I, I did not realize at the time I was knocked out rolling over and there was a nurse right there. And I thought, wow, how cool. There's a nurse right here. I mean, I got hit and there's a nurse right here. You're thinking there's a universe really taking care of you. And she's, and then, and then there was a fire fireman who both were off duty and cause it was right by Shawnee mission hospital or Advent health. And, um, and they said, can you walk? And I said, I think so. And I got up and I couldn't walk. Um, and I remember going in my mind's eye back to radiology class envisioning what type of fracture I had in my pelvis. And I was thinking, gosh, how am I going to be on a sailboat with an unstable fracture? So I was still in this mind thinking I was going because I was a trip of a lifetime. So, but to, the whole point of it is I had my right, I had my life in order. I was not grumpy about anything. I wasn't having financial distress. I was training for a triathlon that was a month later. So I'd been biking, I'd been running, I'd been swimming. I also had just completed the whole 30 with one of my clients, because I'm, I'm not very good um, doing it by myself, but if I can do it for somebody else and support them, I'm all in. So, so um, I believe the self-care set me up for a phenomenal recovery. I'm probably about 95% better. I do have um, a, a little bit of chronic, couple chronic aches or pains. Um, that's why I get care every week. Um, get, I get a massage once or twice a week. I get acupuncture a couple times a month. I get chiropractic weekly. Um, I try to exercise um, at least five days a week, if not seven. Um, so, but, but really what you put in your body matters. And I think because my inflammatory load was low when I had the accident, plus I was in a peaceful space. I didn't have an accident when I was already um, grumpy and angry about something and, and in a fear state. I'm 100% sure that that set me up for a great recovery. Plus I had a great team around me afterwards. So I think I went, that the post-care um, was phenomenal. The pre-care that I'd done set me up for the shift that happened. That's fantastic. I think that is such an important thing to identify that you were in your optimal state when that happened. And that's, and, and you're right to say, you know, we never know what's coming our way. I like to tell my patients, um, you know, I can't change the things that come at you, but I can try to help equip you better to handle them. And so you were in that, you know, wonderful state of health when this happened, thankfully. Um, and that's awesome to recognize, to be grateful for. Um, so that's, that's good. I'm glad that you were, I'm glad that you're at least 95% recovered because that is a very big injury, very big. It could, you know, it changes some people's lives altogether if they let it. So um, kudos to you for being, for, for walking, or talking, walking the talk, <laughs> walking the talk, like you said. So you were doing that. And that's fantastic. Um, when I was thinking about um, self-care, the fact that we're going to kind of, and really everything you preach is self-care, right? I mean, it really, it really parallels. But in your book, you have five tips for putting the odds in your favor. And I love these. I love that. This is something I'm going to post on my bathroom mirror, or maybe even on my refrigerator might be a better place for that. Um, can you take us through those? Well, you know, I don't have the book in front of oh, me, okay. and, I, and I don't know how they changed the last five years. So how about you team me up and um, tell me what the five are, and I'll tell you if I still agree. I will read them. You just tell me what jumps out at you. So first, what, the, what does this mean to you? Heal your heart. Oh, you know, I, that's still my number one. Once you, once you can... Um, heal the, the change that binds your heart, then you will do what you need to do. Uh, you know, I, you and I preach a similar message and, and I believe most holistic people do after doing a podcast for seven years, what I've learned is there's a few people that uh, there, there's the basics of eating right, 
you know, you should eat mostly less vegetables, right? And then it's, do you have beans and do you have meat? Do you have eggs? Do you have nuts, seeds? But most people know they shouldn't be eating processed sugar. Dairies, 90% of wellness people like us probably think dairy is not the best food for you. And same, same with uh, gluten. So um, I found that food pretty, so most people kind of have an idea and most people, they listen to when they eat something and they don't feel good, they would say, ah, oh, you know what? I shouldn't be eating that, but yet they still eat it. Right. And I believe that people do that because they don't love themselves. And, you know, I grew up in this uh, fascinating family and um, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be who I am today without it. You know, I have, I have three older brothers. I was born on April Fool's Day. And did you know that I'm a fool? No, I I was right behind you on April 2nd. So. Oh, yay. So you're Aries. No wonder we get along so great. Right. Fire signs. So, so uh, my mother um, was uh, pregnant uh, with a, uh, at the age of 25, she already had a almost six-year-old. She had a three-year-old and she gets pregnant again. And while she's pregnant, she gets a divorce from my father. And so she's having her third pregnancy and um, she goes in on apparently April 1st to have a baby and she comes out with twins. And so I'm the twin. I'm the baby girl that, and you'll get this because you've been in the ER, is that the nurses clean up my mom and, and she says something, there's something else in here to the doctor and the doctor says April Fool's. And so I'm 21 minutes younger than my twin brother, Mike, Michael and Michelle. And um, the reason I tell you that story is because I really never felt like I was wanted. And a couple of things my mother uh, would say to me when I was little, she'd say I was skinny until I had you. Okay. My mother's been obese since I was four. Um, I had three stepfathers by the time I was 17. And my first stepfather um, was in my life from the age of one. He's still in my life now. Divorced my mother at age 12, but he's still in my life now. Lives in Kansas City, actually. And he would say, um, you know, if you keep eating like that, you're going to look just like your mother. So I have this issue with food. Okay. But I know why I do. I did not understand it until I started doing my work. The other thing, so, so I'm, I, my mother, and then the, the nurse named us. Okay. And so I led that to believe that my mother really didn't want us at another level. So she didn't want me. I was the bonus child. Um, maybe not at that moment, but I'm sure I'm a bonus now. Um, and at the same time, um, I'm the one who made my mother sick and um, unhealthy. So those were the tapes I told myself as a young person. Um, and then the nurse, the doctor, the, the nurse named us. And I didn't really understand that until really just about 18 months ago. My mother said it wasn't. It's just what I, they just were throwing out names because I wasn't expecting twins. And they threw out the name Michael and Michelle. And I love those names oh. because my, I wanted my little, my baby's name to be uh, Robbie. And my father's name uh, was Rob, was, his name was Franklin Gale Robin. He went by Robbie. So he could be Robbie Robin. So <clears throat> anyhow, when I say heal your heart, You've got to let go of that shift that um, you think didn't matter in your life. And, and, and if I had not had the, the, the stepfathers, and there's a difference between a bonus and a stepfather, and I had stepfathers, um, I would say the one that's still in my life is halfway bonus. He's, he's, he's taught me a lot. He's a recovering alcoholic, a worry wart. And so I have a little bit of that fear-based mentality. And I know it's probably from his upbringing. Um, and then I got molested by um, one of my older brothers. And, and you just have to learn to let that stuff go. And now when I talk to patients, I connect to them on such a deeper, it's not even a word. It is just a soul to soul connection. Um, but when I was 31 and I was crashing, I went to a, something called the Hoffman process, which you've heard me talk about on the podcast. And it's a phenomenal experience where basically you take out all the beliefs in you, the belief that I made my mother sick, the belief that I was never good enough, the belief that I was never wanted. And I took all that out like I was cleaning out my kitchen cupboards and I had to analyze it and, and ask the question, is it really true? That's by Byron Katie's work. And I realized, you know what? I didn't make my mother sick. I, 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 you know, it, I, I didn't create blah, blah, blah. And so I retold the story. And so uh, now I've been, I'm, I've been 23 years ago, I did the process and I healed my heart. So like I said, when I got hurt, what I thought about when that person hit me, when I actually hit that person, because you pulled out in front of me, I thought, God, I'm glad it wasn't me hitting somebody. I don't know about you, Anne. Sometimes I'm driving and I get to some place and I have no idea how I got there. And I forget I'm driving a loaded gun. And so that was the reminder. And so it wasn't, it wasn't anger. 
I just had gratitude. And I don't think I would have had that gratitude. I had I not let go of the anger and resentment I had um, towards people in my life. Well, congratulations. That's a lot to let go of. So um, I'm glad that you're so open and honest and, and authentic and can share that journey with, with us. Um, that's, that's a lot. And I am proud of you. That's hard. That is hard work. I hear you call it work. Um, I hear you talk about the Hoffman process quite a bit. Um, so I'm super excited to kind of learn a little bit more about that. Um, but it is work, right? I mean, it, it, it truly is work. Um, and sometimes it's work that we don't want to start. I think starting is sometimes the hardest piece of that, that journey is because it's just, if we, if we start, it means we have to admit, right? Um, and so I think that's, that's a part of it, but um, I know it's an ongoing process, um, but that's, that's fantastic. So healing your heart is that first um, step that you've written mm -hmm. for putting the odds in your favor. Your next one you have down is know your why. And I loved this one too. I love this one. So tell me more about that. Well, as I, as I tell you that, I, I want to say it, it is work, but I want to tell you it's, um, I get chills and, and you may know this from watching me is when I feel this chill right here, I know it's the Holy Spirit talking and, and um, it's worth it because our kids are depending on us. And even though I have no biological children, I have many children, they're depending on us to show up in a place of peace and a place of love and a place of intentionality. And if you don't do the work, you can't do that. And I remember I had, I had a phenomenal life before um, I crashed at 31 from the outside world. You know, I had, I had, I, you know, I was building this great practice, 31 years old, had a million dollar practice, which, you know, I thought was going to be important. And I was still dead inside. And it's so worth the wake up when you can look at people and you can say, you know what? I see you. I love you. We're in this together. None of us is getting out of here alive. It's not you against me. We are in this together. So, so knowing your why, and I, I get the number two, and, and, and knowing your why is so important because when you know the why, it's much easier to comply. When I look back on my journey, I can say, okay, my soul picked these parents in my life to navigate this lifetime so that I'd be having this conversation with you I love that. and your audience. Um, had I had a different life, I would not be here. And so um, my, I feel like this is my calling to spread the message of hope and healing and, and um, set, what do you call it, self-timber and mm -hmm. self-care. And so um, that's my why. When I was younger, I would say my why is I would be like my mother. And that was pretty shallow. And one of my good friends, Dr. Jill Tupper, um, and she's not a doctor, Jill Tupper um, said to me, you know what, that's really not true. And I'm like, you know what, you're really not. So I'm going to give a shout out to her for calling me the carpet on that. It's always nice to have people around you that could tell the, tell you the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really value those friends um, quite a bit. Okay. Number three, take consistent action. Yeah. Consistency. Uh, I would say rhythm builds resilience. And we're seeing that more and more right now during these COVID times. Um, and so you've got to do things consistently because habits build upon habits and lifestyle builds upon lifestyle. It's not just two weeks of exercising or, or two weeks of flossing your teeth or two weeks of eating vegetables. It's how do you, how do you really make that a consistent habit so you can shift your life. So consistency does matter. I, these, these are really good. I should go back and look at that. Fantastic job. That's why I said these are going on my fridge. I love, love, love this one too. Find your tribe. Mm. Well, and, and, and we met, we knew immediately we, you were part of our tribe. We even invited you into our Big Shifts Foundation family. So um, there's so many cool people on the planet and some are like your soul sisters or soul brothers. And um, you've got to make yourself available so you can find them. It's, I, I believe we all have these little beacons and it's almost like we're looking, are you my, are you my mom? Are you my mom? Are you my mom? It's, are you my, are you my sister? Are you, are you who I'm supposed to do this life with? And, um, and I'm lucky enough to find some wonderful people. And I add a few new people every year. And I'm eager to, you're gonna, well, I, will, I will say to you this in 2030, we'll be talking about this. And remember when we met during COVID 2020 and we became friends then. Um, and so um, I believe there's like Jane Murray, you know, Jane Murray's a, an icon in health and wellness in Kansas City. And, and we met 20 plus years ago when she opened Saskatoon Center. And so you've got to have enough courage to pick up the phone. I actually reached out to you. Do you remember? You absolutely did. Yeah. yeah, I saw an article about you and I wanted to say congratulations. So, so you've got to take the risk and whether it's writing a note for me, I just found you on LinkedIn because I love that medium. 
And, and here we are, less than a month later, um, fast friends. So finding your tribe is really crucial. And it's also knowing who's not in your tribe. That's what I was going to bring up. Yes, sometimes you have to edit a little bit because there isn't room for everyone. And sometimes people have a season um, in your life, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, number five, celebrate the wins. I love this one too. This is good stuff, Michelle. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought it up. And I know you gave me heads up we're going to talk about and I'm totally transparency. I didn't look it up, but <laughs> celebrate your wins. Uh, I, I think for me, now that I'm, um, I'm approaching the double fives, um, I don't think I've taken enough time to celebrate the magnificent things that's happened to me. And so um, that's what I want to spend the rest of my life, whether I've got one minute or one year, not from an egotistical way, but just from a way that says, you know what, you know, you had a bike accident and I'm going to celebrate that I'm 95% better because it, it could have killed me. It could have altered my life forever. Um, it did alter me in some ways, but not in a negative way. Um, and so um, I want to celebrate that um, I, I had the courage to reach out to you. I want to celebrate that uh, I took time to work out today. I want to celebrate that um, even though we're in some of the darkest times of our lives, there's still a lot of goodness around us. And so I think we need to celebrate more and complain less. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I love that. So now I want to kind of transition into... Um, the quadrants of well-being. So like I kind of mentioned earlier, when I read about your quadrants of well-being, and that's kind of your platform, um, I feel like. I have a feeling, um, and I, I may be wrong, so let me know. But when you do like national speaking, um, and you're walking into a room full of, um, you know, corporate America, trying to teach them something, is that often how you frame your message is with your quadrants? Yeah, I frame about every message with that. For instance, I've got, um, I've got an assessment form right here that I use when I do talks. Um, and no matter what I'm talking about, inflammation, immune system, uh, stress management, I frame it based on the quadrants. Because to me, this body is a business. And at the end of our life, we want to think about how, how, we, how much ROI are we getting? return on investment. And that for me is I want to be able to get down on my hands and knees. I want to be able to look my little babies. I've got a, I've got a two year old almost, I've got a two year old great niece that lives about two hours away. And I got a great nephew that's not quite two lives in Kansas city. And I just was at the lake with him. Um, and so I want to be able to get on my hands and knees with these young people and really see soul to soul and play on the floor with them. I want to be able to have my mental faculties where I could uh, know my directions. I, I loved one of my clients yesterday. He's in his 70s. And one of his wellness goals was I want to be able to drive until I die. And that to me meant freedom was important to him. And so um, when I think about the ROI, I think about what do we want on that? Do we want to, do we want to be, um, and I, I'm going to use a burden, which is not my favorite word to use. I know people don't want to be burdened on their children. And so a lot of parents give up their self-care when they're raising kids. And then they, they, it's a slippery slope because then you get down the path, it's hard to regain backwards. And so, um, you know, for me, I want to be like Irma Bobbeck says, I want to just leave everything I have here. And then I want to slide into home base and then be with our creator after that. So um, when I think mechanical and the quadrants of well-being, you've got operation, marketing, finance, and leadership, and you're running a new business now, which you're doing a fabulous job, by the way, um, who, you know, starting a business during COVID-19 uh, <laughs> will give you lots of um, lots of wisdom at the same time, lots of courage and you didn't, and you didn't give up. So, but you think about what do I got to do operationally? That's how am I going to take care of my clients? Am I going to do blood work on them? Am I, how am I going to, how am I going to talk to them? What are my forms? And then you have the, 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 the marketing side is how do I actually um, get the new clients, right? Uh, that people that are attracted to me because who I am and how I can help them. And then you've got the financial aspect, which is kind of your energy and how, how do we attract things into our life? It's because of who we become. And you've got the psycho-spiritual side, which is, is that leadership ability. Are you walking the talk? Are you the five-letter F-word fraud? And so in, 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 in the wellness world, you've got uh, the physical body, mechanical, 
which is operations. You can't, you can't get through life without this frame. And as a chiropractor, we know the frame is super important because it houses the nervous system. Um, but we also know the nervous system works because of chemistry. So I can teach you a, uh, from a chiropractic standpoint. And back in the day, chiropractors used to do this. We kind of became more mechanical specialists because we wanted to be an insurance, air quote. Um, and so you get that game. But, but back in the day, 100, we just had our anniversary, 120 plus years ago, chiropractors thought about what you ate. And we know that what you eat and what you put on your body makes the nervous system function at a higher level. And so there's the chemistry. Then you've got the energy. And this is the acupuncture philosophy. And one of my teachers helped bring acupuncture to America, Dr. Richard Yenny. And we, there's, we, we have this thing called chi. And our chi gets impacted. And these are impacting it a lot, these cell phones, right, because of the EMFs. Um, and then you have, of course, the psycho-spiritual aspect is, is, do we believe that things are happening for our good? Or do we believe things are happening for our bad? Um, are we connected to gratitude? Um, things like that. So that's, that's the quadrants of well-being. So everything I do is based on that. If you came in to see me as a client, I immediately start thinking about all those areas. And I'm thinking about, okay, what could you do in each of those areas? Because it's like driving your car down the road. If you have one tire that's low, you may get to where you want to go, but it's not going to be as efficiently. So that's, that's a high level quadrants of well-being. Yeah, that's a good, good illustration. So just in summary, the four quadrants are psycho-spiritual, mechanical, chemical, and energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. What are some tips you have? Like, um, when I was reading in your book, I, I particularly liked the, um, the chemistry part resonates with me. I kind of know that I preach it, the nutrition piece. It's really all a lot about nutrition, hydration, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the mechanical part, I absolutely think a lot of people understand we're supposed to be exercising. We're supposed to have good posture, not hold our phone between our neck and our shoulder, those kind of things. The energy thing was, um, you have some good tips in there. Um, you mentioned five deep breaths upon, upon waking and then sleeping. Why does that mm -hmm. work? Well, think about um, deep breathing helps move the lymphatic system from a, you know, your doctor perspective. Um, also too, um, it reconnects you, it reconnects you back to your heart. Your breath will connect you to your heart. Uh, the, also, the studies show that if you take a deep breath um, to a six-second count, so you take a deep breath in, six seconds, you hold it six seconds. And I always think about when I'm holding, I think about bathing my body in breath. We take for granted the, uh, we take for granted that we can breathe and we take for granted that we have air. And then you let it all out slowly and you're letting all that stale air out of your body, all the way out of your lungs to help once again, clear that lymphatic system. And then you hold it out. And um, taking five deep breaths to a six second count is like, it's free Valium. Mm. You know, and I, I would say, I don't, don't tell people I'm giving you drugs, but I just gave you the drug. You, you made your own, you made your own value. And who doesn't need some value these days, right? Absolutely. So that breath will bring you back to connection of who you are, plus it'll help move the chi. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Under your psycho-spiritual, you have something that I kind of preach about a lot, and that is do something you love. Yeah. I think, I, you know, it's interesting. When you don't heal your heart, you don't know what you love. Because everything you're doing is based on getting love from somebody else instead of getting love from yourself. And, um, you know, imagine coming in as a baby. Babies aren't saying, um, what can I do to have you love me? You know, babies are saying, I'm lovable already. I'm thinking about my, my, my 18, my 20-month-old Oliver. He, he just knows he's the cat's meow, right? He walks in a room, he has six adults just staring at him. What do you need? And so if we could go back to some of that, not from a narcissistic way, but think about what do you love? What did you love when you were little before people told you you couldn't draw, before people told you you couldn't sing, before people told you you don't know how to ride a bike, um, before you thought you had to do something else besides read? And so I think, uh, I, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm still wrestling with this one. Um, just to be totally transparent, I, I love working. <laughs> you know, I need to, I, I actually had a normal, normal evening uh, last week. I went and played pickleball with some girlfriends at 530. And, um, and I'd only played uh, a couple times. And I thought, oh my God, I'm having a normal life. I'm not at my desk working. Um, so I would say, yeah, and I'm working on that one. Yeah, I am too. I am too. That's exactly something I'm working on. And I'm finding the value in it. So, you know, it's kind of, it's self-care, right? So it's not about, you know, taking time to do something normal or whatever brings you joy and, and feeling selfish about it. It's literally taking a weight, you know, it's addressing that psycho spiritual quadrant. And I think that might be, at least for me, 
that might be the one that gets neglected the most. And that kind of goes, I think, with not just being a mother, but um, I think being female. I Sometimes I feel like, and I don't know, men struggle with this too, but that's, for, at least for me, that's the one that I know that I need to be working on. So um, yeah, I'm glad you're working on it too and that you're, you're not as perfect as, as you. Yeah. And I like that too, that you share that, you know, that you're authentic about that because that's, that's another way to really connect with your, with your clients. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like um, I, I try to do the same thing and, and really when they know that you have been there and that you understand and really truly identify with what they're feeling, then it makes that connection and that um, guidance that we're giving so much more impactful, I think. So, you know, we're all just here bumping along. Some yeah. of us are bumping along a little bit more than others. Yeah. You know, and you've heard me talk about this, you know, what's, what's been really helping me is the five minute journal app. Have, have, have I ever shown it to you? No, no, yeah. but I have heard you talk about it. That's yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. And pay, patients come in. You know, I almost feel bad that I get paid to do what I do sometimes because I get so much from the people that I get a chance to serve. And it's such a gift to serve them that they would talk about this five-minute journal. And it was a book. And I bought the journal and I gave it out to people. But I never wrote in it. Sat by my bed for a year before I wrote in it. So um, first of all, I have horrible penmanship. Ooh, horrible. Um, and I also have a little OCD. So if I'm going to write, I want it to be neat. Cause I go back and look at it. But um, then they said, somebody said, Oh my gosh, they have a five minute journal app, which is great because I can type. Okay. And I can read it later. And it's super easy to do five questions, but it has transformed my life this year. So five minute journal. Very good. So um, what in your day, in your ordinary day, just what brings you a smile throughout the day mm. outside of working with your patients? Cause you did just give us that one. So give me something else, something unexpected, something small, it just puts a smile on your face. You know, um, I'm a softie. I love it when I see young people. Um, I really think my calling is to work with young people, and that's why we started the foundation. Um, when I see them being in, mindful and intentional about people around them, opening the door for somebody can just melt my heart. Um, somebody letting somebody go in front of them at the grocery store, um, you know, especially when it's a young person that is just so uh, thoughtful. So I would say that's really can capture me pretty darn quick. Great. That's a great one. That's one I've never heard before. It's a question mm-hmm. I ask my patients often, and that's, that's, that's a unique one. I love it. Um, speaking of your foundation, um, one of my questions was, what's on the horizon for Dr. Michelle Robin? What, what are you excited about right now? Oh, like, gosh. I'm excited about so much. And, and the fact that I've kind of have cleaned my life up a little bit to create more energy inside my soul and time to work on the foundation. You know, in 2017, I celebrated my 25th year. And from my, the from uh, April 10th, 2017, till March of 2018, I had four suicides in my personal practice. Um, I had a, a young boy, 15-year-old in April, and then I had a 68-year-old, a 57-year-old, and a 33-year-old. Um, by the way, three men, one woman. The woman was the older one. And um, it shook me to the bones. And I thought, gosh, if people really love themselves, there's no way they could hurt themselves. And so um, we have a foundation called the Big Shifts Foundation. Its goal is to make generational change to five to 30 year olds through whole person health. So basically through the quadrants of well-being um, that we can help these kids five to 30 and, and age five, because we know that um, you, a lot of patterns get put into you at a young age. And, um, and then um, there's such a sweet spot between that 18 and 30 year old when they, they're starting to figure out they don't know everything, yet they need some help and they're a little bit more vulnerable. And how could you really teach them um, this lifestyle? So that's my jam. And part of it is because, you know, I met my chiropractor at the age of 15. I mean, from a chiropractor standpoint, I knew him because I taught his kids bowling lessons. But they started pouring into me. And what they poured into me, I don't remember anything about my first chiropractic adjustment. Not a thing. But I do remember how they started giving me hope. And, you know, I was, I was this, I was this 15 year old that wasn't thinking about college. I was thinking about how I was going to eat every day. You know, when you grow up in poverty and um, you just struggle so much. Um, so they started pouring hope into me and, and without them and a couple other people, I don't think I would be here today. And so I'm just giving back. And so I'm most excited about the foundation. It drives everything I do. Every single thing I do is for these five to 30 year olds. Um, we are, we're getting ready to have a scholarship program. We're an educational. And when we think about education, you think about how do we teach people about simple things? Because people are confused. 
there's so much noise out there about what you should be doing. And it really, if you're not going to do some of the five non-negotiables, why, why do them, right? right. Why take this $100 bite, bite a month when you're not going to drink water? You're not going to fully feel your body better. You're not going to feel your mind better. Um, and then how do we find providers? How do we find doctors like you that say, you know what? You have acne and it, acne, I can give you a pill, but really we got to figure out why do you have acne? You know, why? And that's the question. Um, so we have a group of providers that come together on the Wellness Consortium who you've met this last month too. Um, so trying to teach the Wellness Consortium mess members about connecting, about helping each other. No one has all the answers. What I've learned in all my years is that no one has all the answers for somebody. No one, and, and including me. Um, so I'm super pumped about that. We have a scholarship we're rolling out here um, just in the next couple weeks. We're going to take 10 black or brown uh, 18 to 30 year olds because of the health disparities. And some people have a good job, but they have bad insurance. And so, and, and um, so we're going to help these kids out and we're going to do a six month experience. It'll, it's about a uh, $1,500 to $2,000 um, uh, investment that we're going to help make. They're going to pay a little bit. Our providers are going to give a little bit and then our foundation is going to pick up the rest. And we'll have people that will help sponsor these kids. And, you know, there's the, my favorite, my, one of my all-time favorite stories is about the starfish. Have you heard the starfish story? You know, it's been a while. Refresh my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a, a grandmother and a granddaughter. Well, it's changing. There's an aunt and her niece walking down the ocean. And um, the niece is picking down, picking up, and throwing the starfish in the water. And the aunt says to the niece, look at all these starfish. You can't save them all. And the niece bends down and picks up the starfish and throws it in and says, I bet I saved that one. And you never know what one person you're going to save that's going to impact people. And it's emotional for me because someone saved me. Mm. And, um, and, and that ripple is, I don't know how big it is. And I don't need to know. All I have to know is I'm impacting in this moment right now because somebody created that. So Big Shift's foundation is to add hope and help teach these kids about healing their heart so that they'll make the decisions to... Um, live a well life. And when you, when you do that, you can't help but enrich people around you because you're so grateful that you're having a phenomenal journey. So that's what I'm most excited about. Um, and the last thing I'm really most excited about is the kindness campaign, which launches um, October 14th with my partner locked in companies. Um, we're on a mission to reach a million people that small changes can lead to big shifts. Do you remember the hundredth monkey? No. You ever hearing that ever? No. Okay, well, I'm striking out. This is like I've asked 10 people the last <laughs> week. So there's a theory, and you can look it up, 100th monkey, that if a monkey's eating a banana or, or having a thought over in Africa, and this is why global, um, global economy, global wellness matters, so that monkey's eating that banana in Africa, and you hit a certain 100th monkey, 10% or whatever, and all of a sudden, in Kansas City, the monkey's eating a banana. And so it's how do we create change and how do we create shift? And that's what we're trying to do. And so anyhow, with Lockton, we're, we partnered up. We're going to start on uh, October 14th. And every day there will be a kindness um, opportunity. It's not a challenge. You don't have to do it doesn't feel right. But it's a kindness where you're kind to yourself, you're kind to the community, you're kind to other people. Um, and it'll end on World Kindness Day on November 13th. And so the goal will be every day that you're doing some act of kindness. Um, and we're launching that with, uh, with them and their clients as well as some other clients. So uh, right now, in this present moment, I'm spending every uh, extra minute I have um, on that program so that we could help um, add some light to the dark times we're in. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. I love it. Oh, I'm excited. October 14th, I will mm -hmm. participate in that. I like the way you phrased it, an opportunity and not necessarily a challenge. Challenge, sometimes when I see somebody come up with a challenge, it's fun, but I think, oh, I'm just going to disappoint myself if I don't do that challenge and succeed at it. But I like the idea of calling it an opportunity. And that sounds like a fantastic one. So I will look forward to that. Um, tell me, um, who are your big wellness influencers? Um, like maybe more, you've mentioned some um, local ones. Who do you, what kind of information do you consume from, um, from wellness people, psychosocial wellness or health wellness. Yeah, you know, you know, my favorite quadrant psycho spiritual. And if and if I wasn't trying to live more holistically, I would spend all my time in that. Um, you know, I uh, I just am just finishing a book by um, an audio book about something. Let me see if I can pull it out of my head here. Hmm. It's like a it's not emotional intelligence, but it's of that 
Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll look it up while you start to wrap up the show. But it, I, I really enjoy that kind of positive. It's a positivity. What's your kind of positivity? Positive intelligence is the name of it. Oh, um, yeah, and I really like that. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, typically, it's, I hate to say it, but it's church, either Joel Steen or I like Elevation Church. Um, reminds me to to not don't not to be in despair. God is still on the throne, and I say that to myself probably fifty times a day. Michelle, God is on the throne. Just do what you need to do here. Add some hope and light. Um, uh, you know, I follow some of the same people you follow with uh, some of the chemistry stuff. But once again, after doing the show for seven years, I, I found that there are things that you know this is not that hard. This right. physical body is not that, not that hard. You know, you need to sleep, you need to breathe, you need to move, you need to eat your vegetables, drink your water. Um, if people would do those five things, we probably would eradicate a lot of illness um, and you got to love yourself. So um, I, I, I'm kind of, yeah, I, here's the book I got on my desk right now. It's what's on my, it's in my queue. It's called uh, The Radical Forgiveness. I've heard you talk about that. Yeah. So I, um, you know, people tell me books all the time and, and I get sent books all the time. So I'm, I've, I've got some right now. I'm right now. I'm pretty much studying kindness. <laughs> Good. That's great. There's a lot of books out on kindness. I'm studying. Um, what else do you have dog here? What's the blue one? Um, the self. Oh, we didn't even talk about this. The self-compassion page. Oh, Kristen oh, Neff. Isn't she amazing? Oh yeah. Yeah. So she's yeah. A, a good influence. Um, interesting. Okay. Okay. I have a question for you. This is a question that I ask my patients and it sometimes it stumps people for a minute. Okay. Scenario. If you had three days with nothing, no obligations, not to your nieces, nephews, partner to work. I know that's hard for you to understand. Um, but no obligations to anyone. And you had an unlimited budget, but you only have three days. So you can't, you know, probably get to Europe and back in that time. What would those three days look like for you? Who would you include? Would you be by yourself? And what would you do with those three days? What are some highlights? Well, you know what? That's so awesome. That's a great question. Never been asked it. So first of all, great question. You know, they say the answer, the answer lies not in the answer, but the question. Um, so um, I actually would go for a walk. I would um, reach out to a friend that I've been missing and I would, can, can I see people or do I have to be alone? Yes. Choose whoever. Goes yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would actually um, go love on people. I'd either go for a walk with them or I treat them to lunch, probably French fries, you know, especially on a Friday. Um, you know, uh, I would. That's what I would do. I would, I would move and I would uh, connect with people on a soul to soul level. In my perfect place, I'd be on a beach doing it. Okay. Um, either walking on a beach or sitting by, hearing the water, um, having a, a, a nice salad, and like I said, maybe some French fries in the sparkling water. Um, that would be heaven to me. Ah, that sounds like heaven. I'll come with you. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> all right. All right. That's great. Um, last few questions. Um, so Montrospective is um, last that we're recording. And um, I like, so when you finish up your podcast, you ask your um, guests about a quote, a favorite quote that they love. And so this is kind of um, the same thing Heather does in hers is it's very similar what is your mantra perspective? So kind of like, what is your mantra and how does it apply to the perspective that you're dealing with at the moment, right? So first of all, tell me what your current like mantra perspective is. And that might even be your favorite quote right now. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to know about what's your lifetime mantra perspective or lifetime summary quote? How do how do those differ? Oh, good, good questions. I would say um, what comes up is two words, kind and grace. Mm -hmm. I would say probably lifetime is um, give yourself grace. Give the people around you grace. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so short. I, I, you know, I can't, you know, I want to tell you um, on January 2nd, and um, I'll be, I'll have lived 20,000 days if I live till then. And there's a book called 20,000 Days and Counting. Um, which I hope to interview that author on my, that day. Um, so it's short. And um, the things we worry about, don't, most of them don't happen. Mm -hmm. And so I say lifetime is grace. Can I show you grace? Can I be in grace? It's, it's funny, I had a, a young gal that helps me with my dog. She just heard my dog bark. And I needed help a few weeks ago for her to go to the vet. And she got her to the vet late. And, um, and the vet called me and I was seeing patients and I said, well, she'll be there. You know, she's really reliable, you know, the construction, whatever happened. 
and the, her, her mother reached out to me. She's a friend of mine. And she said, thank you for showing my daughter grace because we're so hard on ourselves. So I would say, um, give yourself grace. Um, and then the end, grace is with kindness too. And how, um, you know, I, on my tombstone, I hope it just says, I hope it just, uh, my, or wherever I, whatever I have after my life, just says, you know what? Um, I just sprinkled kindness wherever I went. Um, but not sacrificing myself. I, I don't want to be that martyr anymore where, you know, I gave you kindness, but I couldn't be kind to myself. So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now because I want to tell you I'm, um, I'm concerned about the state of our planet, but I'm hopeful that God's on the throne and I'm not. And I think the way that we're going to get out of it is that we realize we're all, we're all equal and we're all going home at some point. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a wonderful way to summarize what we're talking about today. So I love grace is, um, grace is a word that resonates with me quite a bit. Um, my name actually, Anne means full of grace and grace is a, a language that I, when I was young, I used to think, well, I'm pretty freaking clumsy. Like, I don't understand why I don't, I don't embody that name. And then when I really got older and realized what grace means, like, just like you described, it's so such a powerful, um, quality and it's a beautiful quality and you can identify it in yourself and in others. And really it's, it's, it's self-care, right? So giving ourselves grace is caring for ourselves and others. Um, so that's beautiful, Robin. That was a wonderful, wonderful way to kind of um, wrap up our, our conversation. So um, I'm excited about your um, Small Changes, Big Shifts Foundation and the work that you're doing there. And I'm excited to kind of come on board and help however I can. Um, I'm just thrilled that um, we are new friends and I have a feeling that yes, in 2030, we will be remembering this podcast. So um, I'm excited about the October 14th kindness opportunity. Where can people find you? Um, they could go to smallchangesbigshifts.com, drmichellerobin.com. LinkedIn, Facebook, um, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find, awesome. you know, and, and, and I, I want to give you kudos to you. Um, you're doing great work. And I think you did a great interview. I know it's your first time and you were a little nervous. I'm thrilled that I, I get to have that experience with you. And, and um, for, for the listeners that don't get a chance to know you yet, for, for you to walk away from a, a, a lucrative career, helping people that, uh, and to do what you're doing now to help people on a whole nother level. Um, kudos to you. I want you to give yourself some grace and celebrate that. Um, and we will be talking about all the wonderful things that have happened. Um, not even 10 years from now, just in one year from now, I can see, we'll say, gosh, remember that storm we were in? Because we're going to come through this storm. Yeah. And, and, and I, I believe we, we're going to be in this storm for another six or nine months. But I believe by this time next year, um, we'll be saying, oh my gosh, look at all the gifts we got. Yeah. Oh, oh awesome. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.